147, or whatever time you're listening to this podcast. We're live. We're all live. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, Tarek Chase and the fam. Tarek and Alex today. Hi there. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hi, Eric. Um, before we uh, get into some, some heavier stuff, do you... Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since you shared any SNL stuff. With the, oh. Uh, did you... Wa- <laughs> Did you watch this weekend? Um, so I did turn it on. I forgot that they were coming back. Not a huge fan of Jason Bateman as the as a host. He's not like, I don't know. He's kind of he's like dad funny, and not that dads can't be funny. Um, didn't watch too much of it because it the I, the only skits that I found really great were the, <laughs> the opening skit, which was the like the hearings that happened in Michigan with that late with whatever her name is. Um, the lady from Michigan. Did you see those clips? Nope. Yeah, I only saw I only saw one thing, and I'm waiting to see if you saw it. Oh, probably. It was no. I mean, in real life, the clips of the woman who had who was testifying at a makeshift hearing about voter fraud in Michigan. Did you nope. see that? Nope. Okay. So you would have had to seen that to get the humor in it, um, but she was spot on. I think her name is Cecily who did that role. She was spot on. I thought it was so funny. I thought it was so funny. So it was just Giuliani, which Kate McKinnon's Rudy Giuliani is a little problematic to me because she does these things with her hands to try to mimic what Giuliani does. But she's she's it almost looks like she's mimicking a disabled person, not Rudy Giuliani. And I'm like, I don't know how nobody else has pointed that out. Anyway, um, the other part that I loved was um, Pete Davidson's Stan. Ah, uh, yes, here we go. That would be, it's actually Stu. Oh, okay. Dear Santa, I can't believe the year is almost over. It's getting colder, I'm a year older, but I'm still your soldier. You're my hero, because you always bring me the assist. So once again, we're back to zero. Here we go, my Christmas list. I won't be greedy or needy or ask you for too much. Just want one thing, and hope you still got that magic touch. Because getting this present is the only thing keeping me alive. Dear Santa Claus, please bring me a PS5. I tried to buy one at Walmart. That was really good. That was so good. And why did it take how many ever years he's been on... SNL for him to do Devin Sawa, at least in the stand video, because it's it's eerie. You know, if you added 20 pounds to him, he would basically be Devin Sawa in the stand video. That I mean, it was spot on. I love that it was Santa that he was writing to. I thought, I mean, I don't think he could do Stan or Stu for anyone else. Like, I, I love, unless it was Trump. Like, I just love that it was Santa. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you saw who showed up at the end, right? Uh, no, I might have missed that part. Spoiler alert. Uh, at the end of that segment, which you can go find it wherever on the Internet, it's uh, it's a TV uh, or you're watching on TV where Eminem shows up and it says uh, too shady from Santa and it's PS5. And M's like, I didn't even ask for one. <laughs> No, I missed that part. I wasn't paying attention to my... I turned SNL on um, while I was doing stuff around the house and I wasn't paying attention, but I did love the opening skit. I thought it was hilarious. I'll have to send you like a clip of what they were making fun of for you to understand it because well, that's, it's it's that's, hard to watch. That's two things I'll have to watch and I'm not down for that. Oh, yes. Sorry. You'll, you'll have to. It's just a few minutes. Um, all right. Somewhat serious part of today's podcast. So... Um, We've we've got the continuing adventures of uh, of uh, I'll be an uncle, 
Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, we were going in on Friday. Um, but I, I blame Bethany and Philip for asking questions. <laughs> so, whatever. But uh, I find out on Friday night, and I think I showed all of you guys, that uh, that Phoenix, who is Tracy's son, call, calls... For the first time ever, it's very confusing. He texted me. He's like, my mom and dad are having a... I'm going to have a brother or sister. Um, and I was like, who's your dad? And he said, Paul. And that's never been said to my ears or over any kind of communication before. So that was kind of that was kind of weird. Like, I had to call and ask about that. Um, that aside, uh, Tracy and Phoenix went to uh, Orlando to Disney yesterday for an entire week. Again? Didn't they just go in the spring or like June? Yeah, they, they go a lot. And Jesus. Um, hey, that's great. My dad said that she got $12 airfare. And I guess Disney's kind of quiet right now. Disney keeps like having to do cuts and layoffs for the obvious reasons. Um, but that that once again brings in, you know, and I, I wouldn't do this if like we were doing a radio show or an easily accessible podcast. Like they'll never listen to this because mm-hmm. this is like face-to-face family discussion. Mm-hmm. My, my dad's not pleased with it, but my, my dad doesn't want to lose his temper. It is for however long they have been trying to do this. And I don't know if there's been complications with her health or whatever, trying to, to get her pregnant. But mm-hmm. this is an incredibly stupid decision to go uh, while you are in the the beginning of a pregnancy during a pandemic to another state where there's people from all over the world. Yeah. I, I mean, if, yeah, there's no, I don't, justi- there's no there's, justifying, there's it. no justifying it. And the only thing I can think of is like, if you feel like you need to do it for Phoenix because Phoenix has had to sacrifice so much, or there's things that he hasn't experienced but even then, like, Paul could do it or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think that there's other things I, you've, I, it's, this is the second time you've gone to Disney in six months. And the first time was like in the teeth of one part of the pandemic and right. we're in the teeth of another one. At, and look, maybe there's no connection. Uh, maybe a pediatrician would sign off on this, but she hasn't even had her doctor's appointment yet. And this is... This is not good, and I'm not going to step in and tell her this, and this is why we can talk about it on the podcast. Like, they'll never listen, but my my dad keeps his opinions to himself, and I guess Paul's not happy, but Paul's not confrontational. But again, maybe a pediatrician would sign off on this. It seems to me, at face value, this is not a smart decision. No, no, I, I think we both can agree with that. That's It's not, it's not the greatest choice, and I feel for Paul because I feel like he might be in, like, a rough situation and that, you know, he if he even... I'll, in that he doesn't like confrontation, but also that's his baby in there. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that, that's that, that line that you cr- walk when you, when there's a woman that's pregnant and you're the father, but it's still her womb, her body, but it's, you're still the father. Um, that sucks. Yep. That sucks. That sucks. That's not a, that's not a good choice. I hope that, um, I hope that Paul gets an opportunity to express how he feels about that. At the very least, I'm just Paul. trying to process like Paul being as forthcoming and, and as candid as, as I am. I I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we, we we went in we went in pretty hard on on Friday. Um, another topic also from last week. So I'm watching Star Trek Discovery. That's uh-huh. uh, that's the. Do you want to talk Mandalorian? Are you caught up? I'm caught up, but I need to rewatch okay. because there were things that I missed. 
All right. So I, I rewatched today. Okay. Um, but to go, I, I do Mandalorian. I do Star Trek Discovery and Mandalorian on Friday nights. I love it. It's a true nerdgasm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one of the characters in Discovery is she is she's a lesbian and she dates someone who I I I, I don't know. It's it. I don't. I haven't read up on these actors and who and what they choose to identify by. Uh, but at the beginning of the year, they promoted the fact that there was going to be the first ever non-binary character. Uh, oh, wow. On Star Trek. Okay, and I kind of put all the, you can put all the pieces together as to, you know, who these people are and whatnot. But I'm fairly certain that the the actor was born biologically a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. We talked to Floyd about this last week, and even he seems confused. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of why I bring it up again. So this actor um, did some exposition and explained the non-binary nature of it. Um, kind of on, on the episode that I watched the actor when a pronoun was used by her superior officer not that I need to include that said corrected the superior officer and said you know not not her them and I was I was massively confused oh when, like if you are trans and you want to use the opposite pronoun I completely understand that I am failing to grasp that there is two of you in one body. Are you, are you, okay, so when somebody's non-binary, I think that they are, it's not that they're saying that I can be he, so this is my, this is what I think. I should say that first. It is not to say that they are he and she, they subscribe to neither. They don't want to be he or she. They want to be they you're like you know what I mean like the, it, it's like if I want to be she I can be she if I want to be he I can be he I don't want to be just one or the other I don't want to be both I want what I you know what I mean I want to I want to say I get to choose what I I don't know that's <laughs> it's tough and and yeah they seems like a terrible pronoun kind of like defund the police taking it at at face value uh I don't know maybe there's a a clearer way we can put that so that people like myself who try to, who try hard to digest, um, uh, how and what you are more than the people who, who just want to be ignorant about it and and close minded. Like I want to know, and they, to me seems like there's multiple and that's kind of confusing. But I think that's the case. I think that they are, are claiming and subscribing to sometimes I identify as she Sometimes I identify as he and that I may want to wear a dress um, or I may want to, um, I don't know, a, a societal norm that a he would 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 fall Play in line football. With. I don't know. So, yeah, something like that. And they tend to be a bit more androgynous in how they appear or or choose to be that way. So I'm, I'm assuming that character also was where you couldn't where you could. You know what I mean? Like you could say that was a female or you could say that was a male and just how they presented themselves. Okay. By Um, the way, both of the characters that I'm referring to in the show, I would say appear androgynous. Yeah. Um, It's very confusing. Yeah. (laughs) Like I know what the word binary means. It's one or the other. And non-binary like opens up like all I see is like a peacock's feathers. Like, like in you. I love that though. I think that exactly a peacock's feathers. Exactly. Um, all right. More more drama about... Oh, wait. 
All right, we'll come back to Mandalorian. Um, okay. Have you, you watched The Crown, right? I did watch The Crown. Ooh, what do you have? Are you aware of this Crown drama? No. <gasps> yes, give it All to right. me. This is super stupid. Um, the Netflix, so Netflix was very nimble in their adjustments to Elliot Page. They changed, I guess, anything Ellen was in on Netflix to Elliot Page. Good, good for them. Right. Um, a Netflix spokesperson said the streaming service will not add a disclaimer amid amplifying calls for uh, the popular series The Crown to include a warning about depictions of the royal family. It comes after the UK culture secretary suggested to the Daily Mail that each episode of the drama should begin with a disclaimer stating the show is not factual. Oh, yeah. Um, where was it? There was one... Helen Bonham Carter, I believe... Mm-hmm. has sided with it having some kind of disclaimer. I might be wrong about her with that, but uh, really? Like, are people that dumb? Like, do you not know that this is the dramatization? I, I'm sorry, people are that dumb. I mean, actually, I know that it's a dramatization, but it. I think that's a really good point, that there in other films and in other forms of... Um, replaying a bit of history they do say that this is these are true facts but with a bit of dramatization i think that's the responsible thing to do and the fact that netflix is like nope not doing it like why not what is that you know what i mean like what is that are you trying to depict your work is accurate i don't i don't know all of the facts but uh, like obviously i it was i knew that some of this was you know what i mean like nobody was in that bathroom with diana to know she was vomiting you know, and, and there isn't any kind of, and I had thought about this before, they show a lot of um, triggering eating disorder type of material without any, um, without anything after it's, you know, giving some resources for folks who are suffering. And I feel like they showed it enough to where that would have been appropriate. Um, I get your point of like, what is it? What does it hurt unless it would be some artists or producers' feelings by including that this is the dramatization? Like, it, it, it doesn't affect anything with your watching of the show. To me, it just I just went to the stupid part of it. But you're right in, in like, the long sense, and this could be included in the future, 20 years from now when somebody flips on the show and they can't tell how much of this is accurate and how much of this is um, dramatized or with right. a touch of... Uh, embellishment involved like it's but it's troublesome in the present though that people don't realize this yeah yeah I mean I I I I tend to have the logic of none of these people sharing this story were in the room with these families so they don't actually know what went on and what didn't go on um but that like that's that's at the front of my mind and i I think that it should be at the front of everybody's mind. (laughs) You know, when you're finding something entertaining, please know that this may not be completely accurate. There was something I came across the other day that pointed out yet again, I think I can find it real fast. Mm -hmm. Um, Like just how like, and maybe it's, it's so brainless and so low class and low brow to say it, but uh, our education system has failed a lot of people. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes, it has. I mean, there's uh, how many times and this I guess this isn't just 
in our country alone, but in like in like the world. How many times do actors need to remind people that they're just playing a role when they're right. getting death threats? And you know what I mean? Like I, we hold on to these stories as our own and as our reality and forget that these are just people playing a role. Here it is. Um, you're, you're right. People get too lost in things and can't separate, um, reality from, from fiction or things that are like an embellished reality. So, you know, Kevin Mullen, right? Uh, name a character he played. Kevin Mullen is a character on Facebook and a friend. Oh, nope. Don't know him. (laughs) You would know Kevin. Uh, he's the bow tie guy. You've, you've probably run into Kevin at some point. Uh So, So Kevin, uh, posted overheard at the pharmacy staff. They cost $48 a piece. Your insurance will cover 80%. Customer, how much will I owe? Staff, I have to ring it up to figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I probably I don't do math, so I would do that. I'd be like, okay, can you tell me my total? <laughs> uh, that's super. <laughs> I don't super, do super it. Right, I don't do math. I don't do math. All right, all right. Um, the Mandalorian. I know a lot of pe- a lot of people said that this they like this episode more than the previous one, and because I was never a Star Wars diehard, I was the reverse. But I'm not gonna piss all over your Boba Fett-gasm that you had because people have been waiting decades for what he did on Friday? I don't, so don't, I don't subscribe to it that much to have been waiting for it. And I was up and down while we were watching it. So I really like, and I should not have done that. And I normally don't because I'm normally the one yelling at Thomas, you know, when he's getting up and missing everything. So I need to rewatch. I just, I know I do. I, I got a gist of it. I know can I give spoilers? Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, but you should have watched if you really like the show by now. I know Baby Yoda is gone. Um, I'm sorry, Grogu. Excuse me. They have, he has a name. Um, and, but it, that was exactly what I sat down and I'm like, what happened to Baby Yoda? And he's like, did you not see? I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> so I have to rewatch. So I never, and I don't think you and I have ever talked about this, but I never, and I, and I should read a think piece on this, and I, I kind of get it. Like, I, I think when the character of Boba Fett came out many years ago, um, the only way you could get the action figure was some kind of giveaway promotion. Oh. Like, so in the 80s, my mom would do this for me. You would have to, like, cut out UPCs and send them to the toy maker, and if you collected enough, they'd send you special figures. Oh, yeah, that, that, that was like the dawn of my mom's refunding. I guess it's kind of my fault. Uh, and, and I think Boba Fett was a ma- was a mail away figure only. And that that kind of created the mystique and allure about him because he really had like he had a big deal, like grabbing Han Solo. But then he was gone dead quick, fast in the Sarlacc pit. It's not like he had an integral role or a lengthy role in these movies. So I never understood the fascination with him. So for him to come back and do what he did and, and have arguably like the, more screen time that he had in all the movies put together mm-hmm. was cool for people. I definitely want that, uh, that weapon of his, which my friend told me is how they, uh, how the sound people, um, uh, monitor the Banthas. But I want that thing he had. So I definitely need to rewatch. There was, I caught clip glimpses of it and i was like isn't that the guy from from this movie like <laughs> isn't that the yeah. he was here and he has a son right or he he was here you were way not up on your on your on your fat family tree no not even close so you, uh, most of what you said went over my head so in <laughs> attack of the clones uh-huh Django fett was uh he was a a, a foundling mandalorian yes and 
the uh, the republic at that time to make the clone army, which was going to be for the good guys at the time. Uh, they were all going to be clones of Jango Fett. Oh. His, his price was he wanted one, one clone that would be, I guess, the truest form of his DNA, and that was his son, Baba. Got it. And then in the, uh, in the attack on something, in Attack of the Clones, Django loses his head. His son sees that. Got it. So, yes. Yeah, so I do remember that. Now, is there any relation to, I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I started Clone Wars, and in the first episode of Clone Wars, there were characters that were fighting and they all had the same face. Yes. Those are all the clones of Django Fett. Uh-huh. That, that were made on Camino by those tall, creepy things in that really rainy planet in Attack of the Clones. Got it. So I knew I, I was putting that together. Like when I, I said, I know who this person is. I know what their what their mission like. I know what they're after. Um, so, yeah, so I'm with it a little bit. But I was there's so that's the only thing that's losing me that I maybe don't like about this. But I'm going to keep going. It's, there's so much to yeah. remember. There's so much to remember, and it's not in order, and it's confu- like I kept up with Marvel a lot better than I'm keeping up with this. Yeah, this can be tough because there's times I have to remind myself, okay, this takes place after this, but this happened before that, so I get the timeline. Um, needs You need to get a refresher or an FAQ on it. So, uh, and, and also the actor, to, I, think it's, I, think to per, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, Tamura Morrison... He has been in Rebels or Clones, and I think he's been the voice actor for some of those important clone characters. Oh, most probably, most likely. But yeah, he had a cool weapon, and uh, I'm glad people uh, enjoyed that episode, even though uh, Grogu is gone, and people were really wilding out about how he was uh, like he was messing around with the the troopers. The um, stormtroopers at the end. <laughs> I caught that. People were like, he's going to be, he's going to fall into the dark side. I thought, I mean, maybe. I mean, Ahsoka did say he's angry, but he was just exercising a little force choke on people who, who, who stole him. I was up, I was in the kitchen at that scene, but there very rarely does Thomas give a deep belly laugh, like a deep belly, uncontrollable laugh. And it, and it came out and I was like, what's so funny? There's nothing that funny on the Mandalorian, and I looked up and like <laughs> Grogu was tossing him back and forth <laughs> from yeah. wall to wall. <laughs> if, if you're not if you're not force jerking around stormtroopers, <laughs> why are you even some kind of Jedi? And I, I think I'd have to look it up, but I think the stormtrooper dialogue in the episode is probably used the same effects from the movies. I don't know. It sounded very nostalgic. Mm, maybe. One more uh, entertainment piece, so to speak. You want to uh, throw your thoughts in as you wrapped up the undoing? I, I mean, okay, so I found it fun that you and I were back and forth trying to give our theories. I, was, I understand why they ended it the way that they did and that it was just really ordinary, but I was disappointed <laughs> at the same time. But, at the, but I do feel like no matter how it ended, throughout the series it still gave me those emotional peaks and valleys and does that make sense like i still had all the feelings i threw this out this is my uh this is my topic my big topic on friday so i won't rehash it for everybody but i wonder if we're getting to a point now where people so expect and demand a plot twist yeah they're not going to get them so you're just going to have to pay attention to the character building and the story because i got to say 
I suggested that my friend uh, Dr. Andrea watch this mm-hmm. and showcase it in one of her classes because just how the Joker was a wonderful storytelling of how someone can 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 turn into that. This is like check mark for check mark, trait for trait of a sociopath. Yeah, sociopath. Yeah, exactly. The, my only disappointment was a motherfucker didn't jump off the bridge and. He could have jumped off the bridge in New York City where he definitely would have died. Not this small podunk town bridge. But also, I can go back and go, you know what? A sociopath, a psychopath doesn't kill themselves because they, they're they too good. They have too much arrogance to do that. They believe in some way that they're innocent or that they'll be able to get off. So that's mm-hmm. why he didn't kill himself. But box for box, he checked them all as far as sociopath is concerned. I am glad he didn't jump off the bridge because in that moment, I felt so deeply for his son, like so deeply for his son and what his son had experienced um, and the trauma that would have come from from your dad. Like, And I was also terrified that the dad was not letting go of the son's hand. And I'm like, can his momentum like drag the son out over the bridge too? <laughs> you know what I mean? When he starts to go and he doesn't let go of his son, can he pull him down with him? I was disappointed in the sense that nobody shot that bastard. Um, And I wasn't worried about the son because it would have been up to his psychiatric mom to go, your dad was an evil man. End of story. The the other part that got me that I said, you know, I don't know if this could have, I don't know if this hurt this this series or helped the series. I think it was fantastic. I'm curious how it would have gone if they were not an affluent family. Like the fact that the mom could hop on a helicopter and chase after him. Right. Like I've never, I mean that, that might be a piece of the show and of the piece, the work that would never actually happen. He would have been in jail. Yeah. With his, uh, he wouldn't even have the quality public defender that he had. And I like that guy a lot. Uh, yeah, if they weren't affluent, it wouldn't have been a story because it would have been like, oh, all this evidence, you, 25 to life. In fact, oh, it's New York. They don't kill people there. But oops, looks like he got bought. He looks like he killed himself in his cell. <laughs> I really loved the, I loved his lawyer though, the, the second one, the female. She's Haley like, Fitzgerald? I, she's like, I don't make jokes. Was she the, was she in um, Hill House or Bly Manor? Was I, that? I know you're talking about the woman that, uh, Yes. Well, I don't. Yes. Think, I don't think so because probably like you do. I, I'm constantly looking up characters and actors during a show, and I don't recall her. I don't think that was her. She was scary, man. She's like, I don't make jokes. Are you? <laughs> I think at one point, are you trying to be funny? She's like, Sir, I'm not funny. I don't make jokes. I I appreciated the fact that this, like know what your weak spots are. Yeah. And she was not a joke teller. Um, I'm I'm looking her up real fast. Let me give me Wikipedia. But uh, I liked when she tried to seduce him and he almost went for it. <laughs> yes. It just, I mean, it was a fantastic show. You were right. You were absolutely right. When I started it, it was a little slow for me. And then after that one episode, I was glued to the TV. I stayed up later watching it, finished it, you know, in, a, in literally 24 hours, essentially. Although I did go to sleep, for the record. I, I will say that we didn't need the, the court that the the SVU court stuff yeah in the final two episodes was a little longer than it needed to be especially considering how it ended yes it yeah yeah exactly so then but she was obsessed with his wife oh absolutely 
she was still obsessed with her, but he was in love with her and he was also a sociopath. So they were both crazy to get so crazy. Like, you know, yep. Yeah, they 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 were together. Yeah. Um, I don't see anything that we that I would bring. She was in Mary Poppins Returns. Uh, she was in and not much, nothing. Doctor not, Who. Oh. Frankie. So she is British if she's in Doctor Who. Uh, and she won an Olivier Award, so I'd say yes. Actually, she was born in Swaziland. Did I pronounce that correctly? Swaziland. What's that? That's a country. Uh, born in Swaziland to South African parents. She lived in Botswana, Kenya, and, U- and Uganda, and arrived in England when she was seven t- on uh, May 17th, when she was about eight years old. Maybe that's maybe I'm not thinking of the same one. I'm thinking of, I think her name is Hannah in Bly Manor. Yeah, and in her, uh, her name is Noma Dumezweni. Oh. And in her Wikipedia picture, she looks like the lady from uh, Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I liked it. And as much as I, you and I were projecting twists, um, I once he snatched the kid for breakfast, I'm like, oh, okay. So now, you know, this is either going to be a bloody ending or right. we, were, we were just supposed to see that he was the depiction, uh, the perfect depiction of a sociopath. And I began to sniff that out when they started to highlight and showcase his, his hubris and his hero complex, um, doing what he did for a profession, and mm-hmm. and they 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 had some breadcrumbs there to showcase some early on uh, psychopathic traits. Yeah. The only thing I got was when she went to the hospital and found out that he had not been working there in ages. That was that was it. Like that was the only thing I got. That was early on. That was early on. But that's the a liar. Somebody who yeah. will go at all costs to, to cover something up. But when, and maybe I was just looking deeper than I needed to for this, but when you, when he's the kind of doctor that he is, I mean, I'm sure you've heard that a lot of doctors have, have some, some mental health issues oh. um, because of their, their inflated self-worth, their self-aggrandizing. They do what they do. They save these lives. And, and maybe I'm, uh, I'm taking too much out of TV here, but they do what they do because saving these lives gives them a high. So I think I have a pretty unique experience in that I worked for a hospital for my early years, like 17 until 22, maybe. And uh, my mom had retired working for pediatric cr- critical care. So she worked for pediatric surgeons, essentially trauma surgeons. And th- I mean, some of them are the sweetest. Some of them are exactly what you would expect them to be children's doctors. So they're kind and they're sweet and they're gentle and others are, I don't mean them to, I don't mean to say that they're monsters, but they have this, these year, and it was in Cleveland and Cleveland's medical, like our medical community is huge in the country. So um, like, I don't mean to say like they're mean, but they absolutely poor social skills run. They will run you over if you are in their way, they will run right through you. And I, that was really my formative years when I learned how to be an employee and how to work with people. I mean, they will run through you. Ironically, one of the biggest doctors that ran through me is now like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. And the other was my pediatrician, like, because my mom worked directly for him. He was the chief of um, pediatric uh, critical care. And he was my primary care physician. He did that for my mom as a favor from the, from 
a young age until from a baby until I was like 16 and I went to a OBGYN and unfortunately he passed away and I think he just lived a life of stress and like you saw what that did to his health. Now he mm -hmm. wasn't a sociopath by any means, um, but he, and he had done so much for us, but yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've been very close to some doctors who you're like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. They, they're brilliant. And what they're they, brilliant. Yeah. They're brilliant in what they know. Everything outside of that, they're not. Yeah. Um, and, and anytime you're the top, like less than 1% of what you do, uh, there is going to be obviously immense talent and hard work, but there can be some narcissistic psychopathic traits mm -hmm. um, in that because you haven't achieved what you are stepping over some bodies. Have you heard of the, there, there's a real life example of a, doc, a narcissistic doctor at a sperm bank who was you inseminating Yes. women with his own sperm <laughs> yeah was, didn't it turn into like a lifetime movie or something i don't know i didn't i didn't look that far i only recently heard about it like the last couple of weeks yeah, is it like 400 kids oh probably jesus um some uh some other things kind of some breaking news this afternoon uh, -oh. uh the walleye have moved their season from january to february so we've gone from october to december to january to February and Good call. I'm uh, waiting to see if that means fans will be in the stands because if fans can't be or if they can't have a certain number we've talked about before like it's not really worth it for them to to be out there on the ice yeah yeah I mean if they if I doubt fans are going to be able to be in the stands to be honest because if we're dealing if right now the surge that we're experiencing is from Halloween we have not hit the Thanksgiving surge and we haven't hit the Christmas and New Year surge which will be in the end of January. So um, I doubt that they're going to have fans in the stands. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, there was so much discussion about Thanksgiving. Now we're in the wake of that. We see how problematic that it was. Um, I want to hear people talk about their Christmas Eve or Christmas and New Year's Eve plans and see if they are as indifferent um, as many were on Thanksgiving. And here we are. Yeah, I don't, you know what, I don't have any plans. And I actually, um, I was back and forth on Thanksgiving. And you know, I have spoken about I went to my brother's house. I don't even think for Christmas. Um, you know, we we called in and my older brother from California and my uncle zoomed in and we all had like a zoom conversation. And I, I it was a really good time. So um, I don't I think for Christmas, I might actually stay in my home just with okay. Thomas and I. I did see something um, this morning. There was a Gallup poll, which I always view as, as quite prestigious and, and informative. It said that um, happiness levels from now, fr from last year at this time to now are down about 9%. Um, I'm surprised it wasn't bigger than that. There was already some unhappiness with last year's levels, but it was interesting to, to pick that apart a little bit. The holidays are a really difficult time, and I think that, um, so I don't know, maybe because I'm an adult and I, I've been watching holiday movies and they're like, Christmas spirit is down 25% this year. And it's like, yep, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it doesn't shock me that, um, people were feeling really low, um, this time last year. And it's probably consistent. Maybe this is, um, 
a discussion for another time, or we can get into some of it now. This is before the pandemic, and I don't know if I've ever said this to you or we've exchanged these thoughts before. This kind of unpop. This is an unpopular thought, but not one that I'm hesitant to, to share out there. Um, so this is before the pandemic, and you've seen people crumble during this. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, it's either of their own doing because they didn't have one eye looking ahead, and you know the bottom fell out, or circumstances. Uh, or a combination combination of both. And I'm talking about how they've been affected emotionally, psychologically, and, and more so financially. And, and they're all they're all woven together. But just a couple of years ago, I thought we had a generation um, and people like between our ages who didn't grow up the best and maybe didn't have the coping skills and mechanisms mm-hmm. that they needed mm-hmm. to deal with daily life. And that's why they succumbed to the demons of, of social media. And that's why, you know, if you're going to say that 15 years ago, 75% of 30 year olds were, were, would say they're content. And if that number has plummeted and I'm sure it has in the last 10 years, I don't know, know if they ever had the coping skills and then the bottom did drop out. Now here we are. I think so. So I think that each generation beginning at a certain point um, were equipped with less and less to like our world was getting more complicated and we were not catching up with we weren't we weren't caught up with that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and so I think that there's there you're starting to see the separation between um our society and what's it, what it's developing into and our ability to cope with it or catch up with it or identify or understand. And so people, I I can't even tell you how many of my personal friends are just having to do so much emotional work, kind of breaking down their trauma and why they do the things that they do right now, like right now. And it's not like some midlife crisis. It's not a quarter life crisis. It's none of those things. It's just, you're an adult and things are not lining up with what you with your expectations that you had had that were formed from everything that we saw from, I don't know, 12 on. Yeah. And th- we, we get caught up in these numbers and yep. I'm not dispelling anything that you're saying, but you can look back and go all those people or a lot of those people who said they were happy or content might not have been, nope. might, ha- might have like a lot of repressed feelings that mm-hmm. our time now is more than happy to share out there. Um, so it, it's just the, the, my fascination with the, with the human mind. And I'm, I'm glad that people are saying that they're unhappy or their life sucks because maybe it'll give some of those people the idea to go get some help because there's plenty of it out there for them. That's, and that's exactly. So it's a, it's a good thing, but it's not, it doesn't feel good when you're in it. And, right. and um, I, I feel like I tend to be that person for a lot of my friends where they're reaching out to me and talking to me about these things. And it's like, I was just talking to a friend the other day and I said, you've established a boundary for yourself and you're now having to teach your, your, these people in your life, what that boundary is and boundaries make people uncomfortable. Like they just do. Some people are not going to evolve with you and you just have to deal with that. Um, it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I think I was, Thomas and I have been talking about it you know, with losing our parents. And it's like, I understand how people lose the holiday spirit. And I don't think I ever thought that I would get to that point. I was always somebody that enjoyed the holidays because obviously when I was a kid, my family would come over, I would get gifts. It would be a good time. I'm out of school. When I'm an adult, it's heavy drinking years. You're partying with your friends. You're seeing people you haven't seen in years. 
catching up, having a good time, dancing, all of these things. And now you're now I'm a, in a different phase of adulthood. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> like, And there's nothing really that can bring you out of it. It just it doesn't it's new. It's so it's like and I don't know, it's weird. Yep. But at the same time, I look forward to years from now when, you know, when I'm evolving into a different kind of adult and it could look better, you know. Um, when there are, when I've been asked, and usually, thankfully, other people are, are asked this question, what do you do when somebody says, oh, it's all in your head or get over it? I'm like, I ignore them because that's not the kind of person I would ever have a, a, dis, a thoughtful discussion with. Yeah, and I, and I, I the same thing. I I don't re, I don't ignore them. I will usually respond, and I'm just like you know that's that's great that you know that's your opinion you know and respectfully you don't know what I'm experiencing and how simple um, that could be or difficult that could be. Um, but my brother was that way. My brother was very much like a it's all in your head. Like why don't you just why don't you just get better? Why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do that? And I think eventually he also learned that it's not that simple. Yeah. Um, a couple of last things, and if you've got anything, we can dive into them. Uh, looks like uh, Heat the Street was a massive success. Um, it, it appeared to be a massive success. I saw photos. I yeah, me was too. Not, I was not there. I'm really great. I'm glad that they do what they do. Um, also during a pandemic, but I, for that very reason, I was just not comfortable with going. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the uh, risk benefit analyses you mm-hmm. do, or at least. I'm guessing they did. Nate probably didn't, but Brandy probably did. Like, yes, it's during a pandemic and a lot of people can get sick, but a lot of people might wind up in in dire straits if they don't have some of these materials. So you take the risk. Yeah. And I will, I mean, Nate. You can make jokes at Nate. I do all the time. I will not make jokes at Nate because Nate is the, Nate is the one that calls me all the time. Not Brandy. Brandy is the, you know, not to say that Brandy doesn't care, Nate is the one that is like, Alex, what do you think about this? Alex, I have a question. You know, hey, what are, what are your thoughts on this? What can you tell me about this? This is what I'm experiencing. Can you break it down for me? I mean, Nate has that, um, that those feelings behind the work, if that makes any sense. Like the urge to learn it, the urge to do it the right way, the urge to do it safely, the urge to understand why it needs to happen, how it needs to happen, what what kinds of things do these folks go through? Like, what's their day-to-day? What's their life? Like, that's all, Nate. I haven't heard from Brandy. I, I know Jade. I mean, Jade and I talk anytime I see her, but, and not to say that Brandy and I think Brendo is the other gentleman, not to say that they don't also care. They very much do, but Nate is the one that is always behind, you know, he has the the emotion and the and the urgency behind his actions. I think what you're trying to say is he wants all the glory and none of the hard work. He does not. You leave Nate alone. <laughs> I have picked up on that between you two. You cut it out, Eric. Um, I, uh, Maj did tell me that they blew through their Narcan yesterday, which I guess is good and bad. Um, it's good. It, yeah, it's good and bad, but it's. It, I think that a lot of people are just extra cautious about it, not necessarily because all those Narcan kits are actually getting used. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that Maj um, attached herself to that and went out and did that. Also, TPD is doing a conference to address the shooting on Saturday. Did you see that? Uh, which, which was this the, the domestic violence shooting? Yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, I I saw or Friday night. And I, I didn't process it or anything like that. So it's a, it's been interesting. I've been keeping up with it, and it's um, I'm glad that they're doing a press conference and that they're being transparent 
Um, the gentleman obviously lost his life when the Toledo police. Oh, wait, sorry. Oh my, are you there? Alex? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I got a call. Oh, no, I pulled something. I pulled the story up, and these fucking news sites with their massive video ads can go fuck themselves. Well, I got a call at the same time, so oh. um, the yeah. But uh, apparently, four officers approached the door, and one opened fire when he had a gun. The gentleman did have a gun in his hand, but now there's there's some back and forth because the gentleman that was that lost his life was on the phone with his brother, and his brother is saying Toledo police did not announce themselves that he could hear. Um, and so, and only one officer opened fire, but four were at the door. Um, so it's, you know, it's going to be an, I love the Toledo police is being so transparent about it. So I'm interested what this press conference will be. I'll dig in. If there's one thing that I, I'll see if there's anything on, on the blade. There is, we don't get much news conveyed to us, even when it's super serious or as much as we'd mm-hmm. like on the weekends. I get it. Everybody's got small staffs these days in our old legacy media. But since you brought it up like that way, I'll, I'll dig into it. I have one last thing to throw at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about it at another time. I would like you to look into what master class is. Like on PBS? Uh, is it? No, I think, well, I, master class, it's a website where you can... You can buy a course from fame from talented famous people to learn to be like them. <laughs> I will look into that and give my opinions on another day. I'm like, I know Masterclass on PBS. Yeah, it's like it's not that. And I know Toastmasters. Okay. No, this was I forget how oh, I came across it because it was a, it was a Black Friday ad. It was like buy one, give one, and the Jesus. classes are like ninety dollars each. Jeez. But I watched uh, a trailer for how Timbaland makes beats. Oh. And I watched how Steph Curry can break down defenses, oh. and there was a lot of. And, but it's all over the world of arts, music, cooking, and I wanted to get your take on it. And actually, I, I gave some thought to I could do like a podcast version of that. You should. That's you should do a podcast version of that. That's very cool. I'll have to look into that. And I also do think we should finish a conversation about TPD because that did happen at an LMHA property, who is also in the news for something else right now locally that we didn't talk about today. Yes. Uh, do you want to dive into that? I mean, I'd be happy to today unless you want to do it another day. I didn't know if you were wrapping us up or not. No, 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 no. You know what? Um, we, it's a busy week with guests and whatnot. So let's let's dive into this. So thank you for hanging here on the podcast. And this is the thing. And I mostly sent it your way because this is your this is your uh, strike zone for you. But there's a big mm-hmm. uh, series done by The Blade looking into people being kicked out of housing. And that's not that surprising. Other than the fact that some of these amounts are ludicrous that being people are being kicked out over. They are. And I, um, so I, the blade put some effort into this and, and I hate to say I didn't read the entire thing, but I had read what I thought was all of it. And then I started scrolling and I'm like, there's way more, (laughs) there's way more to this, to this story that I just am not going to look into right now. But, um, yeah, so that I, I, um, agree that it was, it definitely was something that would catch your eye and, and scratch your head. Like, wait a minute, what, what's happening here? Um, and I think I have a little bit of an interesting perspective and in that you're right. It is my, um, it's my line of work. It's my area. Um, I would say that oftentimes if somebody's getting evicted for a low amount of, of money, um, that there's something else related to that, be it behavior, uh, lease violation, something of that nature that might not be as easy to put them out for, but is as detrimental as a shooting happening on the property. Um, 
I when I when I scan through the story, I think about these people being kicked out for um, small amounts of money. Your point is great, and that's probably very valid. And I wonder how much of that is manifested in the journalism that the writers in the Blade did. But I also wonder, okay, like does it pay? Like who's somebody's making money somewhere, and does it pay these people more money to have this kind of questionable turnover? And, and the answer is almost always yes. So it's um, and that's and you're right. Like it it. I feel like I have a lot of, um, hello? I'm here. Oh, okay. Um, I might be falling on a line that you didn't expect me to. So I might be falling on a side that you probably didn't think I would fall on. Um, but it's, there is often something behind it when somebody's getting evicted and they only owe $60 or $70. And also you have to think about how many people are on that LMHA wait list. Yeah. The fact that they only open it up a couple times a year and they're swamped with applicants, those are that many kids and families that are not housed. Great and point. if you if you are working with someone, you don't just get evicted to get evicted. Like you get evicted when you get evicted, you know, especially with and I I'm only speaking of agencies like LMHA. There has got to be miles of paperwork behind that eviction proving that you have made this attempt to curb this behavior. You have had this many payment plans. You have failed attempts at pay, repayment plans. You have had this many non-rental pay, you know, you know what I mean? This many opportunities for a change in behavior or change in circumstance or lease violations for a court, for even a court to then look at that and say, yes, let's move forward with eviction it's awful and the and and the blade ad absolutely pulls at your heartstrings as it should because it's a picture of a mom and a child holding each other because they're getting ready to get put out of their home which is awful but from a business perspective there's no way that a that able would not be on their tails for something like that um if there was not miles and miles and miles of paperwork and reasons for something like that to happen and um, LMHA, they're not problematic, but in nature, you're going to have issues. That's why they have like a head of security and they have police and they have, yeah. you know, all of these things. They have 2,600 apartments. Um, but just imagine how many people are on those wait lists. I mean, the county wait list for homelessness alone, trying to find housing for those individuals is very high. And so you still got to find places for these folks. And, and so and when you're in housing, you don't just you don't get to cut up any way you want and think that there isn't going to be consequences. So let me throw this out there. The, the Twitter length version of this would be, um, yes, there are people being kicked out of these homes for very small amounts of money, but they agreed to what's been asked of them. And there are mm -hmm. countless other people who could be in these homes safely and need the housing and will abide by the rules that they have to follow. Absolutely. And there's, and I mean, again, the blades reporting with the information that they have, but there's, I would say they probably have 20% of the actual information that is, you know what I mean? That this person could be evicted for, or these people right. will be evicted for. I mean, it, it's, it, there's just so much more to it and you're a business with a bottom line and, yep. and there's so much more to it. And I know that like evictions pull at the heartstrings and people will, and this doesn't have anything to do with the, um, cycle of poverty, anything to do with, um, predominantly black women and children, none of those things. It's, it's just, um, 
it's rough. It's a hard business. It's a hard business when you're working with low income people, people who have a need, people who weren't equipped with coping skills and, and critical thinking and all of these things. And there's these behaviors that you're trying to correct. You also have to pay attention to the neighbors. I mean, can you imagine what, you know, at Parkwood when there was that triple homicide the other day, if that person was um, engaging in negative behavior for, you know, those the folks who live there for a ma- number of weeks, and then it resulted in a triple homicide. Can you imagine the trauma it had done to all the other residents in that building that you also have to think of? Yeah, we, it's, we, we haven't gotten that, that part of the story with all that, because a lot of the, unfortunately, you can tell me yeah. that I'm wrong. When I think of those places, I don't think of them... Um, I'm not looking at, at colors of skin in any way, but when I think of those mm-hmm. places, I think of like dorm-like environments. Yeah, Everybody yeah. knows everybody's business. Yes. And there's some drama. And unfortunately, drama ends in, in gunfire yes. or people being evicted. But I uh, now, I now this is why I want you to bring it up. I'm glad we did it today. Now I want to read more of that story and see if I can't talk to my friends who worked on those stories and said, hey, wait a second. Yeah, this is sad over like six bucks, but there are six other families who would be in there in two seconds and they need it because right now they're going from, you know, Cherry Street to wherever else. Right. Ask them, you know, that that this would be when you would want to reach out to the homelessness board and find out what our county wait list is. How many homeless individuals, how many homeless families are in the beach house, are in these locations looking for housing? You know, how long is the LMHA wait list? You have to look at these things when you're judging an organization like LMHA for evicting a hundred you know, a certain number of people um, and and saying, you know, the rent totaled $50,000, a you know, for over five years or something of that nature. And also, is there something else behind evicting somebody where, right, on the surface, it says that they only owe 4650 but what's underneath that? You know, right. what's, how long has that 4650 been in limbo? What, what, what is underneath that? And I think in her case, it said 4650 and maintenance charges. Was that to replace a door that got kicked in? Was yep. that, you know, a lock change for the fifth time? Those kinds of things. And I think that um, I'm not saying that, that this may not have been um, excessive on LMAJ's part. I don't know the history, but I'm just trying to give the, um, I'm just trying to give the other side of it and the business perspective and the overall um, message, the overall greater good of people being affected by something like this. I think it's awful and it's only going to get worse because January 1st is when evictions can continue, I believe, although that might get extended. I saw something somewhere. It got, it might've been in Philadelphia. Uh, I, I forget. I read so much stuff. I did see that it was pushed back a little bit, but oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, th- 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 this is the health portion of this pandemic. Wait till we get to the emotional, psychological and, and the financial ruin that it will cause because we're only in like the three feet of water of that stuff right now. Right. And that, and the shooting that happened this weekend, the domestic violence that I believe that was an LMHA property. Um, I believe I don't, don't quote me on it. Cause I don't want to give any misinformation. Was Parkwood? Um, it was no, it wasn't Park, Parkwood. No, it wasn't at Parkwood. No, the it was one, Par, is Parkwood LMHA? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't think so. But you know what? They are LMHA because I know LMHA had to come out with a, a formal statement as well. So that wasn't LMHA property from this weekend. So you have to think about how they're going to respond to something like that and how 
you know, that, that, that boyfriend was a living. He wasn't somebody that was on the lease. So that was a lease violation in and of itself. And that, and, and the young lady was experiencing domestic violence. So there could not have been a ton of things that she could have done, you know, to curb that, to say, Hey, you're, I'm violating my lease. You need to leave. He's not going to leave, you know, but, um, it's just sad. It's, it is awful. It's lose, lose, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's not even it, 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 I've worked with LMHA before and it's, they're so busy. <laughs> so it's like all the social worker and health, health, um, me- mental health professionals that we know, like what good are you going to do with that caseload? You're not, you're, you're, yes. 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 You're helping some people out, but you're helping them about like 60% when they really need like 90%. And it's- in the end you're doing more harm than good. It's like beating a dead horse. It's awful. It's like you're tr- you say over and over. Even within our own organization, we had. I mean, when I was in ho- when I did case management for housing, I had had over a hundred caseload, and I think now they float around forty. And that was done intentionally, and it was fantastic. But it's just that. But that's local. That's within our small group, our small bubble here. I mean, nationally, locally, and nationally, that's not what it looks like. And they're overworked for little pay. And it's serious stuff. I mean, it's it's not like it's just, it's just like somebody who, you know, a plumber that's overworked. It's serious business. It's it's like people's people lives. Are, people's lives. I mean, that's when you have children's services cases, and it's like, well, where was children's services? Oh, they visited, but you know, right. they had five other people they had to visit that day or 10 other people. So they missed, they didn't pick up on the signs that the little girl was being abused. Like, you know what I mean? It's just rough. It's rough. Yeah. You've given everybody, including myself, some homework, <laughs> which is fine, which is fine. Um, I got to hop and get my uh, my traffic reports up and running, but today was fun, as usual. Do your Mandalorian rewatch. I will do my rewatch. Um, yeah, I'll try to get that done in like an hour. My two babies are sleeping so sweet next to me. They're like snoring. I don't even want to move. They're make, so cute. Uh, make some notes, and we'll try to get them answered tomorrow. Okay. All right, bye. Bye.